Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and today uh, we'll be looking at some insights and practices from the ancient system of Kriya Yoga, which is a philosophy and practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living uh, in today's world. Yoga is a Sanskrit word that is familiar to most people, but not everyone's aware of its philosophical meaning. Uh, it refers to oneness, which is about the wholeness of our being, bringing our attention and our awareness uh, to consciously abide in our spiritual nature, and then to live in harmony with that truth of our being. And in today's program, we have a wonderful opportunity to look at how we can integrate body, mind, and spirit in such a powerful way. Our topic is how attitude makes all the difference, and we are blessed today uh, with our guest, Naya Swami Gyandev McCord, um, looking at how we can choose an approach to all of life that will support us in this awakening. Naya Swami McCord um, has taught Ananda Yoga for over 30 years to thousands of students, and he's trained hundreds of teachers all around the world. Um, he has been director of Ananda Yoga teacher training for the past 14 years, is a co-founder of Yoga Alliance, and still a bo- on its board of directors. So he has uh, co-authored Yoga Therapy for Overcoming Insomnia and Yoga Therapy for Relieving Headaches. And today we're going to be focused on his beautiful new book that is is Spiritual Yoga, Awakening to Higher Awareness. And uh, you can find out more about Gyandev and his work at expandinglight.org. Welcome, Nayaswami Gyandev. I'm so delighted you're joining us today. 
Thank you very much, Uma. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you. Before we start our conversation, we'll, we'll, we'll in a sense practice what we preach and we'll just take a moment to uh, meditate to connect our attention and awareness with that depth of our essential nature. Let's just breathe consciously for a moment now. And as we breathe in, just feel that you are pulling your attention and awareness within and becoming anchored in the infinite divine nature that is within you. And as you breathe out, letting go of any stress or tension, restless thoughts in the mind, tension in the body. Breathing in, connecting with that one reality that is within us and all around us, the support, the substance of all that is. So simply move your attention from the periphery into the depths. Follow the breath within. Relax as you exhale. In any moment like this, as we pause, we can become aware of the higher truth of our being. We can recalibrate our attitude if we need to do that, to be an attitude of peace, of clarity, of spiritual awareness. We can let restlessness just fall away and remembrance, remembering the truth of our being, pervade our mind, our body, and feel that peace beginning to grow within us. And let's capture that peace right now becoming consciously aware of it. Know that it is always emanating from the essence of our being. And as Paramahansa Yogananda reminded us, we can take our portable peace with us wherever we go. So let us abide in that peace today and let it overflow as blessing for all beings everywhere. Peace. You know, today we're going to be looking at um, attitude and how it's such an essential part of healing um, body and mind and setting us on the right course spiritually. So we're going to start this first segment with a 
just exploring what this idea of right attitude is, Paramahansa Yogananda wrote, let our thoughts be fragrant and beautiful, that the memory we leave behind us be felt as a blessing on the earth. And if you have read uh, the writings of Paramahansa Yogananda, are uh, uh, of his disciples, Swami Kriyananda or uh, my guru, Roy Eugene Davis, you know that Parmansaji placed a great emphasis on cultivating mental states that are positive and uplifting, um, not only for ourselves but for all of life, really as an approach to life. And Gyan Dave, you wrote in your book that any approach to yoga can uplift um, um, our state of mind to some degree, um, but it will uplift us even more if we practice with the right attitude, which you are calling the most powerful spiritual tool of all. So let's start there with um, what you mean by uh, right attitude. Yeah, that can the word, those words can sound a little bit like a moral judgment. But that's <laughs> not at all what what I mean there. It's it's really a, simply a state of mind that's in alignment with the truth of our own being. That uh, a way I like to think about it is is having the right tool for the job at hand, which mm. is to to get out of bondage to desire and attachment, out of identification with the body and personality, uh, in short, out of ego. Mm. And that's what we you just went right to the heart of it. That is so great. And and you know, um I, I want to say that uh your book Spiritual Yoga is is so inspiring and it is a very beautiful book and that um it carries that um, spirit uh, all the way through, you know, from the beautiful cover to, of course, um, the way that you are encouraging people to practice hatha and really, as I see it, uh, restoring and reconnecting hatha for modern um, practitioners today to its sacred purpose. And, um, you know, I, I think that, as I said, you, you you hit on the heart of it, and you know, especially when we look at how do we practice, you know, exercise for the body and mind, in you know, with this right attitude or right awareness, and um, it makes such a difference because if we have the idea that something's wrong with us and we need to fix ourselves, um, we need to be, you know, different than we are fundamentally, then how we approach a program like Hatha Yoga, exercise, diet is going to have a punitive edge to it. And it's, it's, it's going to, um, um, exacerbate mental states that are not healthy. Yeah, we start we start to impose things on ourselves, whether it's a position of the body or a, or a way of behavior, and imposing things on ourselves inevitably leads to some level of resistance and uh, a, t- a tension, an inner tension, rather than coming from. It's not from the outside in; it needs to be from the inside out. Mm. <laughs> I just, I recently connected with that thought, you know, from the inside out as just a lovely way of explaining what a yogic lifestyle is. 
um, I think it's a wonderful phrase, you know, to think about, you know, instead of being uh, at the effect of outer conditions or even, as we're speaking about now, at the effect of uh, attitudes, um, conditioning in the mind, you know, we're, we're living from a deeper place and bringing that consciousness to what we do. And, you know, as you describe this way, this approach that has to do with um, starting from this inner awareness, I can see and, and feel, and certainly from uh, being inspired by your book, that this, this approach... Uh, supports longevity of a wellness program as opposed to (laughs) the idea of, you know, imposing something on ourselves, like there's something wrong and we have to fix it. Um, People may start off with a high resolve, but very quickly they burn out. They do. And, you know, one thing that, that I like to think about a lot is whatever, whatever I'm doing, whether it's work or practice or being with other people or whatever I'm needing to do in my life, to check in and ask myself, where is the joy level? Like there's this inner thermometer there. And uh, uh, just how high is the temperature in that? How high is the joy level? And if what I'm, what I'm doing has a low joy level, then I need to take a look at that. And usually what it boils down to is I need to take a look at how I'm doing it. And because joy is the nature of our own being, it's the the nature of the divine. And to, rather than imposing behavior on ourselves, to rather tap into that joy and start to bring that out into whatever we do, that is what is going to give us a longevity, as you mentioned, because it's that's sustainable. Unjoyful living is unsustainable. Mm, that is <laughs> that is so true, and of course, any kind of practice that we're doing, and um, you know, it's so important to have a daily consistent practice. And I, I don't, I, I don't know that I've ever, you know, read or looked at any yoga teachings that don't encourage that. I mean, that's pretty fundamental that, uh, in a sense, right practice is steady practice. It's daily practice. It's an integrated practice. Um, but as you mentioned, if we, if we really want to have a sustainable practice and, and in yoga, that would be a daily practice, then there really needs to be some joy in that. And, um, you know, sometimes people confuse uh, joy with what we would call pleasure or, you know, uh, outer uh, stimulation. So <clears throat> let's talk a little bit more about that. Tell us a little bit more about what you mean when you talk about experiencing joy in life. Yeah, you know, there, there are kind of levels of it, you might say. There's pleasure, as you were talking about, which is that, that outward stimulation, and you could bump it up a notch and and talk about happiness. But both pleasure and happiness tend to have something to it tends to be I am happy because I am feeling pleasure because something has happened to me. 
or some, there is some external circumstance going on here that I find agreeable. Whereas joy is, there's no because other than the joy because that's what I am. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we can connect with that level of our beings, we realize that, you know, there's nothing that can take this away from me because it, it's who I am. And mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to do in, in all of our yoga practices. You know, I, I had an interesting, uh, a friend of mine related an interesting experience. He's one of uh, Ananda teacher in, in India. And one day an Indian man came up to him and said, you're a yogi, huh? And he said, uh, yes, practice yoga. Uh-huh. He said, well, show me your powers. <laughs> and, and he said, well, I'm not sure that I have any powers. And he thought for a moment, he thought, no, no, I do have one. I have the power to be happy when I choose to. Mm. And, and the man said, ah, and, and walked away like that <laughs> wasn't worthwhile, worthwhile power to have. But that's everything. <laughs> because that's, that's how we're going to connect and be sustained by the joy of our own being. Absolutely. And what a wonderful story. And, um, you know, so I think, as you have said, when, when we, we understand that this joy that we're talking about pervading our uh, yoga practice and really our life, our work, um, everything that we do is... Um, is not, uh, as you say, a result of circumstances, but it really is the delight of self-realization or self-knowing. So it is the um, the delight that comes from that awareness of the truth of our being and knowing what we are um, and the, 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 the joy that arises from that. And as you say, that nothing can, uh, remove because it doesn't come from anything else. So, um, we're going to go to the break in just a moment, but tell me, just let's close with a, a, a thought about how this idea of, uh, right attitude, um, really supports our practice. Let's just wrap that up here. So what do you, what would you say about that again to just help our listeners think about how this can really support their practice? Well, there's a, there's a couple ways. One of them is to, to have that, to bring an attitude of enjoyment into your practice is going to make the practice enjoyable so that you will continue to do it. But, more than that, I think that, that the idea here is that in all of our practices, whether we're practicing asana or pranayama, chanting mantra, affirmation, or the central technique of all yoga meditation, you know, these tools are great, but they're not as great as they can be unless we bring right attitude into the practice. It's like we are going to be, again, imposing something on ourselves rather than allowing our practice to be an expression of something inside of ourselves. And, of course, at the beginning, we may not be yet connecting perfectly with that higher level in in ourselves, but the techniques can help us to do that 
by lifting energy within the body, lifting the life force. And the more the life force rises in the body, the more it uh, tends to concentrate in the upper chakras of the body, the more natural it becomes to have the right attitudes, to have the attitudes that are in alignment with the truth of our own being. And then we can use those attitudes to further deepen our practice and we get into a mutually reinforcing relationship between attitude and the techniques that we're practicing. A positive feedback loop. And so that's a beautiful, beautiful reminder of we start with this right attitude. We begin our practice um, from the inside out, and um, then our practice, again, supports us in that attitude. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Nayaswami Gyandev McCord. Um, his website is Expanding Light. And when we come back, we're going to talk more about living this oneness, how a yogic lifestyle supports us in our spiritual awakening. We'll be right back with you. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to The Yoga Hour. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien, and I'm joined today by Nayaswami Gyandev McCord, director of Ananda Yoga Teacher Training and author of a beautiful and inspiring new book, Spiritual Yoga, Awakening to Higher Awareness. Um, and I just want to mention that the book, um, not only in terms of being on point, uh, supporting us with 
bringing a spiritual consciousness to our practice and enhancing our spiritual consciousness from our practice is also very um, beautifully illustrated and very supportive with all the um, instructions that are in there. So if you are new to uh, Hatha Yoga practice, you'll find it to be an excellent manual for getting started. And if you've been practicing for many years, uh, you'll find it to be an inspiration for your practice. Um, in this segment, we're going to take a look at how we carry our yoga practice into all aspects of our life. And um, Paramahansa Yogananda, who was of course, a master yogi uh, gives us the uh, advice to discard the false belief that there's a separation between spiritual and material life. And he advised us to perform our duties skillfully. He said, all constructive work is purifying if done with the right motive. In everything you do, he said, express your limitless soul qualities. So yoga is meant to be a comprehensive way of life, not just a practice of a physical exercise or even even just meditation, but a way of awakened living um, and rather than thinking of it as practices that we do that, that are separate from how we live. So we want to learn how to live our yoga, how to bring the philosophy and practices into our daily life experience. Um, and that allows uh, yoga to be a bridge to awakened living. So Gyandev, um, tell us about some of the ways that you recall, I mean, you've been practicing for many, many years, um, as I have as well. Um, how, how do you remember some of the ways when this began um, to happen for you in, in terms of yoga permeating your life? How did your yoga path begin to influence the choices you were making every day? You know, I think one of the first things that I realized as I got into the practice of yoga and, and the larger teachings of yoga or how it was helping me to begin to control my energy and through control my energy, my life force, I was better able to control my reactions to situations in life. And I was able to to respond instead of react because Emotions are so, they so color our thinking, and it, it's hard to see the best way to go. As Yogananda Ji put it, it said, reason follows feeling. And we mm-hmm. feel a certain way, and the mind jumps in and justifies it, and we get ourselves into no end of trouble that way. And when I was able to, to control the movements of energy in my body, generally I realized this is helping me to control my reactions to life. And the overall result is not only did I feel more at peace, but I was able to make better decisions. Mm-hmm. Better able to respond appropriately to the situation, even, even in little things. That's probably been the, one of the biggest, you might say, outward expressions of the practice for me is just better able to keep a lid on things. <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. And, you know, that really corresponds with my experience as well. And, you know, it doesn't take long with a practice of yoga um, because we start 
living from the inside out, as you so aptly put it in our first segment. That, um, and that was my experience too. I felt as if um, uh, the mental field um, became illuminated. I guess that's how I would describe it. In that, you know, what was before unconscious response or reaction. Um, I was able to see, I was able to see things arising, um, before I, um, engaged in them. <laughs> so I, 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 there was like, um, uh, an expansion of, um, awareness that, that allowed me to, to make a choice, you know, to see what was arising before I acted on it. And before, you know, it was just, it was out of my mouth <laughs> or, you know, in, in my hand before I had a clear awareness that, that there was that choice point. So, uh, the spiritual practice gave me that choice point, um, which is critical, as you say, um, to, to living really a happy life, to living an awakened life, to living a peaceful life. Cause it's not only, of course, um, how it is for us, but how it is for those who live with us and around us. And the other thing I would say, and I'm, I'm guessing this happened for you too, was um, very soon after starting to practice uh, Kriya Yoga, you know, meditation, Hatha Yoga as a support for that, I began to experience um, my body as sacred. And, um, and what I mean by that was, um, I really wanted to take care of my body. Um, I wanted to make better choices, um, in terms of what I ate and, you know, how I used the energy of my body. So the attitude that I received from the philosophy of yoga helped me connect to caring for my body in a higher way than I had experienced before. Did you, did you find that as well? I did find that as well. And it, uh, the, I had the feeling of, uh, we're in this together, <laughs> body, mind, emotions, spirit, all of this is a, it's a group undertaking, and uh, every every part of us has a role to play in that. And if we neglect one part of it, then we're essentially uh, dragging ourselves down in some department. So it's not something that we should do. It's something that we naturally want to do because we see how the pieces work together. Nothing can be ignored. We ignore, we ignore any part of who we are at our peril. Mm. <laughs> that holistic approach, of course, is is the crux of yoga. Yoga really means wholeness or unity, um, bringing it all together, uh, realizing that oneness, body, mind, and spirit. And so, of course, we can't really separate out um, our spiritual practice from our life and uh, our everyday life, and nor would we want to. Um, there are some areas where we can um, readily make adjustments to live a yogic lifestyle, uh, to live in a way that's in harmony with our highest goal of spiritual realization. And those areas, um, some of them anyway, include life balance, diet, environment, and engaging in uh, selfless service, you know, doing meaningful work. So let's look at some of those areas, uh, Gyan Dave, and how some simple changes can bring positive results for people. Um, 
So let's just start with the idea of balance in the first place. So, you know, life balance is something that I hear uh, it's in the forefront of people's awareness today um, because most people that I meet, especially in this area where we live in California and Silicon Valley, um, it's so easy for people's lives to get out of balance with work. People are working long hours. They're working hard. You know, they have families and so on and so forth. So talk to us about how to find life balance. Well, you know, I, I, we tend to think of life balance as you know finding a, a happy medium in all of our outward activities as though that we have sufficient control over all those outward activities and obligations that we could actually impose a lasting state of balance there, which the reality of it is that we can't always do that. And many people, just due to their life circumstances, can only rarely do that. So when I think of life balance, I think that it has to begin, balance begins on the inside, not with moving the blocks of our outer life around. We do that as we can, but it has to start on, our, on the inside. And a couple of, couple of points that come to mind on that are one of them is to practice being non-attached to outcomes, staying even-minded no matter what happens in our lives, to the degree that we can. Because when we're, when we're not attached, when we're not reacting to circumstances, what's happening is that those circumstances are no longer able to take us out of our center. That we've become better able to handle chaotic situations, we've been better able to, to be in the presence of disharmonious people, Better because we don't we're not we're not attached to them being harmonious. Mm-hmm. We you know we can handle deadlines because we we're not worrying about the deadline. We just realize that look if I if I worry about the deadline, that's a certain amount of energy going into the worry. Let me take that energy away from worry and put it into meeting the deadline, <laughs> doing what I need to to meet the deadline. But it comes from this inner state of just not letting ourselves be shaken by the circumstances around us, even if, on a, even in a very objective way, they are out of balance. I don't have to be out of balance in my relationship to them. That's so powerful. And of course, it's right at the heart of yoga that that, you know, we are always in balance within. And that is the place to start. And of course, that's why a daily practice is so helpful. Daily meditation practice, a daily hatha yoga practice, um, just to have time uh, to connect deeply with that inner equilibrium and then bring that you know forth in into our work into all the situations that we're dealing with um and and i think you know just as you've said that that non-attachment is is such a helpful practice um starting with the i think you know the very idea that people are suffering a lot because they have the thought that their life is is wrong you know it's it's out of balance and so there's a continual sort of suffering that they're carrying in to their life experience now 
you know, I'm not going to argue with, you know, maybe there are some changes that need to be made. But as you mentioned, we really do best if we start with the inner um, change. You know, if we start there and experience balance, then, you know, it's been, you know, my experience that that the outer will will start to shift uh, from there and not the other way around. You know, the more we try to manipulate outer experiences to create balance in our life, the more out of balance things get. I think that's absolutely right. And you know, so much of our uh, of our discomfort in life, so much of our suffering, uh, in fact, all suffering, I would say, comes from the thought that things ought to be different than they are. And the fact is, they should be the way they are because they are the way they are. And if we, it, we may need to change them, but uh, the fact of, of what they are now is not a great reason for suffering because that doesn't take us any, anywhere at all to say, okay, this is the way things are, now what do I do? Exactly, yeah. And, you know, we begin, I think that uh, yoga practice, spiritual practice, um, we do begin to see that, to experience it and to know it. And it's so empowering um, to begin to see how we do live from the inside out, how we can make those adjustments. Um, before we uh, conclude this segment, let's talk about um, something very, very practical, <laughs> which is the food that we eat. And uh, yoga, of course, offers us insight about how these choices not only affect our physical well-being, but our mental clarity and spiritual balance. And um, so what insights and guidance um, have you found in yoga uh, regarding a healthy, ba- a healthy diet and how it can be a supportive part of exactly what we're talking about, living in balance, living from the inside out? Talk to us a little bit about right diet. You know, yoga has a lot to say about that, and you know, my guru, Paramahansa Yogananda, had a, very, a lot to say about that also, and a couple of the things that he mentioned, one of them was, he said, don't obsess over your food, uh, over what you eat. Just find a, find a simple diet that works for you and stick with it, because that's what he called proper eterianism. Uh, because we see so many dietary extremes, and I'm not talking about weight loss here, but uh, you know, talking about just diet regimes, we don't need to obsess over them. That it's a small part of our life; it's an important part of our life. But get on with it. As as Yogananda's guru Sri Yukteswar said, "Why not throw the dog a bone?" <laughs> and just you know, so that's one thing about diet. But another thing about it is that. The food we eat has a lot to do with our level of magnetism. And there are some foods that build our magnetism and others that deplete it. Um, Fresh foods, for example, build magnetism. Yogananda especially mentioned coconuts and beet and spinach and lettuce as, as magnetism builders, whereas stale foods, Overcooked foods, meat, and other hard-to-digest foods, and excessive starchy foods, they deplete our magnetism. And our magnetism is the way we are living. It is the way we are relating to other people, the way we're accomplished things in, things in our life, and the way we're connecting with God that we can't afford 
to have low magnetism. And yoga is, to a great degree, about building that magnetism. Um, and when we come back um, from the break, we'll, let's talk a little bit more about what you mean by that magnetism. I think that's a uh, an interesting term, and and people might want to learn more about it. And uh, I, I appreciated what you had to say about you know choosing a simple diet that works for you, not getting uh, overly concerned about it. Um, yogis are kind of famous for you know getting uh, too concerned about food. Um, and and yet it really should be simple and you know what we find as a recommended yogic diet you know pretty much across the board is um, a wholesome diet you know a healthy diet um, uh, natural foods um, foods that are easy to digest and that are high in life force, um, that are nurturing to the system physically and calming to the mind. And, you know, when you start to meditate, you can be your own uh, diet scientist um, because you'll be able to see um, how different foods affect your body and mind. You know, what you eat for dinner is likely to show up <laughs> in your mental state in your morning meditation. So when we'll come back, let's talk a little bit more about this idea of um, what, what magnetism could be about. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest, Gyan Dave McCord. His website, expandinglight.org. He's the author of a new book, Spiritual Yoga, Awakening to Higher Awareness. We'll be right back with you. Are we nearing the end of the world? Reading the book of Revelation, you might think so, and it doesn't end well. But is it possible that the Bible's darkest story is a positive tale? Author Ed Townley, host of the Unity Online radio show, The Bible Alive, thinks so. A Bible enthusiast, Townley focuses on the metaphysical meanings rather than the literal text. In Kingdom Come, new from Unity Books, Townley takes a fresh approach to Revelation. The kingdom, Townley explains, doesn't await us in the afterlife. It's ours to experience today, as we learn to find the good even in our darkest challenges. Explore Revelation in a new light. Order the book Kingdom Come online today at unitybooks.org. Are you ready for deeper spiritual breakthroughs? Have you wondered how to apply spiritual principles to your everyday life in practical ways? Do you feel your soul is calling you to deeper purposes? Join Rev. Galen McDowell live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central for Truth Transforms, a discussion on how God within you, as you, is the power to transform your life. If you really believe that consciousness determines your experiences and that you are an individualized expression of God, join us as we help awaken and transform the consciousness of humanity. We will discuss, through lecture, live interviews and call-in questions, spiritual healing, prayer, prosperity, forgiveness, 
new thought views about eternal life, and much more. The world is waiting for your truth transformation, only on Unity Online Radio. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at the Yoga Hour at UnityOnlineRadio.org and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Yogacharya O'Brien and our guest today on Yoga Hour is Nayaswami Gyandev McCord, uh, director of Ananda Yoga Teacher Training and author of the book Spiritual Yoga Awakening to Higher Awareness. And just before the break, uh, we were talking about um, diet and what is a, a right diet for healthy living and that is supportive of, of yoga practice and um, awakening spiritual consciousness. And Gyandev, you were mentioning uh, a diet that enhances our magnetism and um, the word itself, of course, is a very powerful word and I, I'd like to ask you as we begin this segment to talk a little bit about what you mean by magnetism. Uh, yeah, so tell us about that. Well, you know, just as if you think back to uh, seventh grade science and uh, electricity going through a wire generates a magnetic field around that electrical wire. Well, we have a form of electricity going through us all the time. It's the life force. And just in exactly the same way, we have a magnetic field around us, and that's called the aura. Of course, it's nothing new to most of the listeners, but... To, we can we can work with that magnetic field. We can work with the energy flowing through us in such a way as to enhance that magnetic field, make it stronger, to, to draw toward us that which is in harmony with our best interests and to, to repel that which is not. So when I mentioned food earlier and magnetism, you know, food can enhance the flow of life force in the body, can can increase the amount of it. It can help it to flow smoothly, unobstructedly. In the same way, food, the wrong kinds of food, can block the flow of life force or it can over-occupy the life force with digesting very difficult-to-digest food. And it's the same way with attitude, right? Attitude helps the life force to flow abundantly. It helps it to flow smoothly. Wrong attitudes tend to clamp down on the life force to actually block it and deplete it. And that affects our magnetism. It affects what will or will not come to us in our lives, what we can or cannot accomplish in our lives, how we relate to other people, how we relate to God. It's, you know, you could, you could encapsulate the whole of the spiritual life in a way with regard to magnetism because we are, we are constantly pulling some things toward us, pushing other things away from us. And uh, what will that be? It's determined by our magnetism. Mm. 
Thank you for that explanation. And I think it's just such a wonderful reminder that, um, you know, when we are um, in that mistaken uh, idea, you know, that we are somehow confined uh, to this little skin encapsulated ego, as, as, as Alan Watts called it, you know, we, we somehow, I think, have an idea that, of course, we are separate from uh, everyone and everything else. You know, we're just sort of encapsulated in this little bubble. But, you know, when we talk about this concept of magnetism as you have described it, it helps us to have the understanding that we are not separate from the larger life, you know, but, but, you know, we're an individualized unit of it and our body and mind are constantly interacting with the larger field, right? And so, um, you know, we are, as you say, continually drawing to us or repelling from us, um, you know, certain uh, experiences in life. And to understand that is really a key to fulfilled living, isn't it? Absolutely. And we're constantly exchanging magnetism with the people in our environment. If you shake hands with someone or look them in the eye, eyes being the windows to the soul, you are exchanging magnetism whether you are trying to or not. <laughs> and and this, is a, this, this can be a really potent factor in cultivating right attitude is to consciously be in the environment of people who have right attitude and interact with them and and offer service to them, offer respect to them. It all helps to, in an exchange of magnetism, that can help to draw us into right attitude. Mm, and to elevate our own consciousness um, as well as contribute to the well-being of those around us. And, you know, there are qualities that um, we are encouraged to cultivate in yoga, such as, you know, humility and kindness, compassion, honesty, generosity, uh, non-attachment, as you have mentioned already, devotion, uh, contentment, uh, fearlessness, all those qualities. So um, how, how do you um, teach people to develop these qualities which contribute to, uh, in a sense, as you have described, magnetism? How do we develop those qualities? The first, the first one, as I, as I just mentioned, is spend time with people who have them. Uh, it's so important. One of the most important factors in the spiritual life is to spend time with other people who are doing it, and especially to spend time with other people who have been doing it longer and perhaps more deeply than we have. That's one way to help develop those qualities. There's a magnetic exchange. Another way is just practice them. You know, take on the positive qualities, the, uh, the right attitudes as best you can. It's like going to the gym. You can't, maybe you can't lift much weight yet, but with a little practice, you'll be able to lift more weight. And it's the same with these right attitudes that, you know, practice brings you into more and more alignment with those attitudes. And to... To work consciously with the energy in the body, which all yoga practices help us to do, to lift energy 
higher in the spine, higher in the body, so as to make it easier and more natural to to be in those qualities and not that we try to impose them on ourselves. When the energy is high in the body, we naturally tend toward those qualities. That's a really good point. And, you know, uh, of course, that's because, you know, we naturally tend toward those qualities because um, those qualities are consistent with our divine nature. So I think it's helpful for us, and especially as we've been talking about right attitude, and it's kind of going back to where we began our conversation this morning. Um, it's really helpful in cultivating those qualities to know that, um, in a sense, we're we're just um, uh, supporting or nurturing qualities that are already within us. We're not trying to outwardly impose um, these qualities such as kindness, compassion, um, you know, a devotion, because we have those. And that's the place where we begin, which is to understand cultivation as bringing out that which is already within us. Would you agree? Absolutely. And how we're going to bring that out? Well, we start by connecting with it. And I don't, I don't think there's a better tool for that than meditation. Regular meditation to, to tune into those qualities. You know, it's one thing to think that we have them or to occasionally see them expressing, but it's another thing to be directly experiencing them and meditation is the key for doing that to experience them and just absorb ourselves in those qualities and let them begin to permeate our consciousness at more superficial levels not just that deep interior level where we hope we get to someday but to to bring them out into activity and to try to express them not just in meditation, but in everything that we're doing, we grow stronger in those qualities when we do that. Mm, so touch in on them and then bring them forth. Uh, Gyan Dave, it's been just a delight uh, getting to talk with you and... Um, I would love to be able to leave the last word to Master this morning in our talk. And so I'm wondering if you have a a favorite quotation uh, from him that you would like to offer our listeners uh, today as we close the yoga hour. I have a couple very short ones that I'm very fond of from Hans Yogananda's. First one is, even-minded and cheerful, that's the way of the yogi. (laughs) <laughs> and Great. and the second one is is has a similarity to it. When you can be happy in the present moment, then you have God. Mm. And thank you so much. And that is a spiritual power. <laughs> that is a city and uh, an important one, perhaps, as you as you said earlier in the program, perhaps even the most important one. Uh, Gyande, thank you so much for uh, joining me today on the Yoga Hour. And I want to let an honor. Thank you. And let our listeners know that you can find out more about Nayaswami Gyan Dave McCord and his work at expandinglight.org. And again, his new book is Spiritual Yoga Awakening to Higher Awareness. <laughs> 
Join us next week as we continue our series on healing and wholeness with the program Purusharta, Four Essential Goals for Fulfilling Your Soul's Potential with guest Rod Stryker. For information about Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, remember to visit csecenter.org and there you'll find some important information about upcoming retreats in California, um, Missouri, and uh, Georgia. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour at iTunes. I look forward to being with you next week. Until then, remember always to let your inner light shine into the world, to share your peace and your joy with everyone that you meet. Bye, everyone, and bye, Gyan Dave. Thank you again. Goodbye. Thank you, and thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Circe points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.